Welcome to Truth Codes podcast number 30. These podcasts are created in order that you may now navigate your way through the end of phase one and navigate into phase two. Phase two is completely different to phase one and we therefore need to adjust not only our frequency but the tools that we are using at the same time. Now this podcast is going to spend quite a bit of time on the emotional debris that is never seen by humanity. And that, of course, is grief. Now that may bring up even a few questions right at the start of this podcast. What do you mean we don't see grief, Karen? We see grief every single day. But do we? Grief is an emotional debris that begins to take root and grows from generation to generation. There are approximately seven stages of the grief process and anybody who has ever lost a loved one and has tried to work their way through the emotional landscape that is birthed through the death of that loved one will understand that the most difficult and challenging aspect of moving through the emotional landscape is when you get to the emotion of anger. Now the emotion of anger itself is often accepted by humanity. We can be driving down the road and lo and behold a car cuts us up and suddenly we're angry. That's acceptable. We may be in the running for say a new job and we lose out to somebody who we feel is less qualified, and we feel angry. And that is accepted. There are numerous ways that our anger is accepted by humanity, but grief still remains the one that is the most challenging to go through. And this podcast is going to look at why this is. Now, as somebody who lost their parents at a pretty early age, I can testify to the emotional landscape that is birthed through the loss of loved ones. Now personally, I lost my father when I was almost 14 and I can relate fully to the younger people who struggle when they first experience loss. The most difficult and challenging aspect of it, of course, is the anger. How on earth can we be justified at feeling angry at somebody who has passed over? Now, often the shock of losing a loved one is all that is required in order to plant the seed of anger. Because we can talk about our sorrow and our loss at losing the loved one. But how often do we sit down and accept that we are even angry? Angry at the person for leaving. Angry at ourselves, perhaps, because we perhaps didn't get to say goodbye. And that anger sits and begins to grow roots. Now, I have been in various positions. I have worked with people who are going through their anger. And I have been the person who is trying to go through the anger. And the most challenging aspect is having somebody else just say to you, that's okay. It's okay that you feel angry. It's okay that you feel like you don't know what you're doing with your anger. 
And with everything that is going on in the outside waking reality at this time, this hidden anger of grief is like a mini time bomb. Because whilst we don't accept that we feel angry, the emotion of anger is still within our human physical vehicle. So that anger needs expressed and believe me, it will find expressions. And if it is not dealt with and if it is not looked with, then it begins birthing things into our life that is simply more death and more grief. Now, it is very challenging to look at this emotional debris. We do not want to go into our heart space and be faced once more looking at the loss that caused us so much pain. But we are not looking at the loss. We are looking at the anger. Now, I would guide you very, very strongly that if you are faced with the anger residue, and the 144,000 will be faced with it, because Galactic Protocol states that we cannot take a speck of dust into wider creation and truth. It's very challenging to see the anger, because the anger will try and hide between every other part of that emotional landscape. So it will try and get us to place our focus on other things and other people. And then we will try and justify our own anger. We We will justify why we have relationships at certain levels. We will justify why we have closed down the outer waking reality. We will justify why we indulged in various behaviours. And the very last thing that we will ever do is accept that... We are holding something that is not truth. Now, I am not saying for one moment in time that the anger that is born from grief is not truth. What I'm saying is it's not truth to carry the seed, allow that seed to grow roots and begin to grow something that manifests in so many destructive ways. There are simply no words for it. Anger within grief has split families, it has broken marriages, it has broken jobs, it has seen people leave careers, it has seen people turn to drugs, to drink, to in all sorts of manifestations. And in order to address any of them, you must take out the root. Now the root will be buried in the landscape of grief. It will be in that split second when you realised that the person that you love is no longer in physical human form breathing. Now that split second when they cross the line, when their spirit leaves their physical vehicle, is the moment that you step into a different world. And humanity in general remain in that world. They remain in it and they try and live their lives within it. Many people never exit that emotional landscape because life goes on, except life has changed. And then we don't want to look at the changes, so we change it a bit more. And then we feel uncomfortable, so we change it a bit more. But the one thing we cannot do is run away from ourselves because that seed is inside of us. It begins to grow ivy around the heart. 
Now, if ivy is allowed to grow around a house, it starts becoming destructive. It will start moving the brickwork apart and it will start crumbling the house. So we cannot move forward into winter creation and truth if we have ivy growing around our home. And our home is within our heart space. Now this is a challenging aspect of phase two. It is a challenging aspect that will possibly just come along and just slap you in the face. Because there is no easy way for wider creation to say to us, stop, you have this ivy growing inside of you and it may only be a few tendrils, but those tendrils are piercing your heart. And if the heart is pierced, then how does the love that is in truth expand the heart? Because the love that is in truth would simply wash away You need a solid, tight home. It needs to be watertight. Because the water of life is love and truth. So we cannot have any broken seals. We cannot seal our heart fully to wider creation if we have these tiny, minuscule holes in our hearts. Now, we will have lived so long with the pain that we don't recognise it. But our spirit and truth does, because our spirit and truth comes from wider creation and truth. And it sees the residue, it sees the stagnation, it sees the emotional landscape where we are often very numb when we're walking. Now we can be successful in various parts of our lives, but there will be something that will close us down. So you may go through your life and you may get close to people and then the shutters come down and you won't really know that you're doing it but you will feel the separation. But the separation will have been there for so long that you see it almost as a friend but it's not your friend because it's preventing you from fully embracing wider creation and it's preventing you from fully healing. Now, healing does not mean that we forget. I think there is a lot of false reference points out in the outer waking reality where people begin to believe that if they allow a deep healing from the loss of a loved one, somehow they are abandoning them. It's seen almost as a sense of betrayal, that if you heal, somehow you are doing a disservice to the person that you loved. Nothing is further from truth because when we pass over and we go from this human physical vehicle, we go back into pure energy and there is no separation there. So we have to now accept the next step is for many of you a leap of faith. And the leap of faith is walking where you fully believe that you simply cannot walk. And you can't do this walk alone. We are supported by our spirit and truth. And we are supported by the deep heart space and the love that is. It is our connection to Christ and the deep heart space that has us connecting out to wider creation and truth. And your spirit comes from there. 
So your spirit knows how to heal you. But your human logical mind has only the reference points for the pain, the trauma and the separation and the hurt that this dimensional space, referenced as Earth, gives you. And just because we have undergone trauma, just because we have lost our loved ones, does not mean it's truth. Our loved ones do not want us to still walk in pain because they see from a different vantage point. They see our pain, but they can't do anything about it because they have no physical arms to throw around us and hug us. And because we are closed down, because we believe the lies that tell us that closing down makes us safer, that we will never experience hurt like that again, so we just have to keep our distance. Because we believe that lie, we can't feel them at the levels they want to be felt. Closing our heart down simply locks the jail cell door, and we can sit in that jail cell, and we can look through the books of memories, and we can fool ourselves into thinking that we are somehow healing, that remembering them in this painful jail cell is somehow paying them some sort of honour. And it's not. We honour them by healing. And it is a very challenging journey, but we are not alone because we just have to surrender the root. Once that root is cut out and handed back over, then the healing begins and we don't have to know how the healing happens because we trust the process that we are in. We have to become whole because why do creation and truth is expansion? Now if part of us is fractured, the fracture will go bigger and bigger and bigger and of course we would break. So Galactic Protocol says that in order to enter wider creation, we have to become whole. Almost all of humanity is walking with a stone in their shoe and they have adjusted their gait and adjusted their walking so that the stone almost is imperceptible. But the pain is there. So this phase is a very, very important one. And with all that is going on in the outer waking reality, it's important that we take the route out because 144,000 are to move humanity into the next stage of their evolution. So we can't resonate with the pain of humanity if we are to then show them the exit door. They would simply pull us back in. And just as if Somebody was drowning in a swimming pool. We cannot help that drowning person if we are in the swimming pool water as well. We have to exit the swimming pool, stand at the side and then get help for them because they may inadvertently try and drown us and it will look like they are trying to save us as we save them. Now, I have long stated on the websites, the Truth Codes websites, the Orion Portal websites, the Releasing Eden website, I have long stated that we are not in service directly to humanity because we can't be. 
We have to be guided by wider creation and truth. So we are in service to wider creation and truth. And again, some some of the belief systems out there would say, well, that's turning your back on humanity. If humanity are all thrashing about in a swimming pool, what good does it do if we're all holding each other under or over the water? We are still in the swimming pool. And we require to get out of the swimming pool to even see the bigger picture. Because we will take action. We will make movement that keeps us afloat. That we believe is somehow keeping us alive. And all it's really doing is keeping us in the swimming pool. So at this time we are asked to get to the edge of the swimming pool. Allow Christ to reach us and to place us in a space where he can reach us deep in our heart space and reveal to us the route that we have to take out. Now, in the work that I do one-to-one with people, I work with symbols because the human logical mind is very crafty. The human logical mind, of course, is unconscious, subconscious and conscious. And we are very unconscious in the behaviours that we adopt when we have a loss in our lives. Therefore, working with symbols allows us to deal with the emotional debris without having to view it once more. We do not rake over old coals. We don't go back into the, the event that happened because that only drives the root deeper. We work with symbols so that we are handing over frequency. Christ knows the symbols, wider creation knows the symbols, and our spirit in truth knows those symbols. And of course, we will have validation after the fact. So we work with the symbols and we feel the emotional release and we feel lighter. Death is part of the human life experience and yet for many cultures it is never spoken about. In the Western Hemisphere we fear death. I remember when I lost my father when I was 14 years old and I returned back to the school I went to and no one spoke about it. I remember hearing a conversation that my mother had with one of my friends in the house. And she probably didn't even realise that I heard her. But she was asking my friend not to mention what had happened. Now whilst I can understand that she was trying to keep me safe in many ways, I went back to a reality when I returned to school where it was almost like nothing had happened because those other children around me didn't know what to say. There was no acknowledgement of the pain that I was in, so I simply swallowed it down and got on with my education. It was not until many years later, in my early 30s, when I lost my mother, that I went for counselling. Back when I was 14, counselling was not really something that children went to. So I went to the counselling after my mother died. But I wasn't really being counselled about the death of my mother because I was older. 
I began to understand death in a slightly different way. And unlike the death of my father, I was with my mother when she died. And it makes a difference. We were unprepared, really, but prepared in a way, if that makes sense. So, for a few weeks, it was about my mother's death. And then one day, I turned up for the counselling, and I began to talk about my father. And then it began to dawn on me that actually the deep pain that I had wasn't just rooted in the loss of my mother. It was rooted in the loss that 14-year-old experienced and had no words for. So it doesn't really matter if you're five years old, you're 14, you're 50, you're 60 or you're 80. Age is irrelevant when it comes to death. I can say that a traumatic death is, I suppose, slightly more difficult to understand. Because we, if someone is ill, we feel we're prepared for it, but we're never ever prepared. We're never prepared for that last breath. And as we move into phase two, as we begin now to evolve, and it's very baby steps to start with, where we begin to see a bigger picture and see where we have stagnated and not permitted ourselves to grow, we are given new tools. One of the greatest gifts that you can ever give anybody who has suffered a loss is simply an acknowledgement of the loss. You don't need to give them fancy speeches or know exactly what to say. Acknowledge their loss. And if we do that for other people, we must start with ourselves. Because there's not a single person alive on this planet who will not experience loss. Because as soon as we are born, then we are on a journey and the human physical vehicle will end its span, we will return to energy. And we must begin to face this and we must begin to lighten the load as it were. We can't help anybody around us unless we begin to help ourselves first and foremost. And that gift of healing is a gift that keeps giving. So I would ask you at this time to look at any anger that comes up for you, passive or otherwise, or any feeling of separation that you have, and to go deep within, because it's a bit like a child looking under the bed. You're convinced there's some big scary monster under your bed, and that builds. A bit like opening a dark cupboard. And your mind goes crazy with all the horrible things that could be there. And then someone comes along and switches a light on. And you see the cupboard's empty. And all the fear was in your mind. Because the mind goes into overdrive. And it tries to protect itself. Unless we start addressing the deep, deep root that is in our heart. We cannot move into any evolution whatsoever. We cannot carry the pain of the past into what we are moving into. We cannot sidestep it either. Drugs, alcohol, various other coping mechanisms, if you like, 
are birthed from the anger that's found in grief. And there is so much grief soaking this planet. We are born into grief because it's the frequency that we walk on in this dimensional space. So we are now addressing this. And we do so very lightly. We tread lightly. Because where the ivy has grown around your heart space, there is tendrils. And your heart is delicate. So we don't go in there with a sledgehammer and just pull the ivy out. We gently take the ivy down. And then the heart, because it is filled with the love and truth, will begin to heal itself in almost miraculous ways. Because we, in this, our human physical form, have very, very little experience of the depth that is love and truth. We are very, very adept at dealing in pain, wading through trauma, but we're not giving love and truth a chance because we fear that initial sting. And yet, if we are brave, if we can trust the process, if we place our faith, then we can move mountains. Additional support is available on the Main Truth Codes website and on the Orion portal. We are now moving into delicate territory and the realms are there helping us. But we require to do the first step, which is first of all accept the pain that we are in. And from this, we begin a journey that sees us move beyond anything. We begin a journey that we cannot take while we are chained into that jail cell. So while wider creation and truth may come and knock at the door, we are the ones that have to first of all accept we're in jail and then untether ourselves. Wider creation cannot come through the door, but we can go out the door. So we follow the guidance, the support, the release of the symbols. And then we allow the healing to begin by accepting love and truth for ourselves. Accepting that it is not our fault. Accepting that the shame, the guilt, the anger, the disbelief, the separation are byproducts of an event that nobody can ever be prepared for that everybody will go through at some point and that we can find the comfort that we have looked for in other ways right deep within our heart space. This is the end of this podcast. I would guide you to listen to it perhaps more than once and if it triggers a deep part of you then go within and look. We can't walk with the tendrils of the ivy slowly poisoning our heart. We have to be clear. And in being clear, our vision clears. We understand the movements we made and then we begin to understand people around us because then we can see the pain that they are in. And then, because we have received comfort, 
we can give comfort. Thank you for listening. May I ask that if you need further information, guidance or support, that you visit the main websites. Thank you for listening.